Hi, and welcome to I See You Mama, a podcast about conversations with other women who are doing things they're passionate about and also doing the hard work of parenting humans and growing souls. So my guest this morning is Leanne Lund, and we are in her lovely home in Gallatin, Tennessee, where there's like this epic view where you can see people coming a long way away, which is nice. (laughs) That you can. I see you in your car pulling up my driveway. (laughs) Who are you? And um, welcome. So a little bit about Leanne. Leanne, I've known for several years. We went to the same church for a while, and for a long while, and um, uh, we were in neighborhood group. We have sort of walked beside each other in different, like, women's convention, women's, what are that, was it? Retreats. Retreats, mm-hmm. and we were roommates, and I'm for sure I snored in that <laughs> women's retreat. I had to go get a fan because it was so quiet in there. It was, like, yes, so quiet. <laughs> it was so quiet in there. Like, I need some ambient noise. <laughs> um, and so we've just kind of uh, done parenting alongside each other, maybe a Sunday at a time, and in Bible study, and just through really great conversations and I've always admired like your passion about healthcare for children and um, and also the way that you parent with with alongside Michael with so much love Michael who's her husband <laughs> with I think there's just so much wisdom and love in the way that you parent and I really have admired that from like I see what you're doing over there and I think it's great yeah. um, so I want to talk with you about the things that you're passionate about so and how that works alongside with parenting and mothering. And um, that's why this podcast is called I See You, Mama. Because I see what you're doing and I think it's beautiful. So Awesome. Yeah. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, let's start with, um, let's talk a little bit about how you got into pediatric practice. Okay, so a um, little background. I have four sisters, and I'm the oldest. Oh, so Molly. I always grew up taking care of kids. I always knew I wanted to be a mom, um, and I loved school, did well in school, and um, things just sort of came together near the end of high school that I loved science and biology and just eventually moved over into wanting to become a doctor and toyed around with some different things um, but realized that I was very much a people person and didn't want to just have a job like a radiologist or a pathologist where I didn't get to interact and um, really, really did not enjoy patients over the age of 35. (laughs) So pretty much limited me to pediatrics. Um, I was interested in prevention, not treating symptoms and doing things over and over again um, for people who weren't going to change. So um, really excited about taking care of kids and loving on them and and how fun uh, they are to interact with. And hopefully making true uh, changes in um, prevention, things that they can do for the rest of their lives. Yeah. So that's how I found a pediatrics. Uh, and even in my um, pursuit of medicine, still in the back of my mind, like, I want to be a mom. Is this possible? I'm really nervous that my career could overtake my life and then I wouldn't be able to be a mom or be a good mom. Yeah. Um, and But then my plan wasn't to get married until after med school somehow. Um <laughs> God rearranged all that, and I got married uh, right out of college. Yes. And Did you and Michael meet in college? We met in college at RUF, um, in RUF. A Bible study there, and um, took a gap year between college and med school to get my uh, bearings and 
be married, um, which was a wonderful thing. So then he supported me through all of that and ended up having Jackson in my second year of residency. So um, after seven years of marriage, we had our first baby and I was still working like a dog. Uh, So that was interesting. (laughs) Like 90 hours, what? And this baby? Yes, and the baby. So my husband, right from the bat, had to do a lot of parenting. Um, so I had my 13 week wonderful maternity leave and then it was, here you go, daddy. Um, <laughs> little hard to release control, but it worked. Yes. Um, and then had my second baby when we were out for him doing some school out in Kansas, yeah. my first year of my first job. So that was a little eerie as well. Um, and then we moved back to Tennessee to be near family and then had our third while we were here. Okay. So it's kind of that progression. Yeah. yeah. And so how do you feel like? Do you feel like having kids changed how you did, how you were a doctor? Like, ooh, bump the mic. Do you feel like it changed, like, how, and, and tell me how you, how, how you feel like that changed you as a, as a doctor? Yeah, so um, I've never been a pediatrician without being a mom, which is really cool. So, because wow. I already had my first during training and then um, coming out into the world. Um, I feel that that does, it colors everything that I do, of course. Um, I would read things in books or in textbooks or go to conferences and um, keep up on things and then go home and go, yeah, that didn't really work in my house. <laughs> like, maybe there's more than one way um, or maybe I need to think outside the box for some of these things. Yeah, practical application. So, yeah. Um, so when it came to um, trying to do things a certain way in my household, maybe it worked for Jackson then it didn't work for Parker or you yeah. know, vice versa. So um, I definitely come to my patients with – open hands, open minds. Um, Hey guys, like this is what the books tell you, but this is what worked in my household or this didn't work or Hey, if you've got a different way, let's talk about it. Um, And I love that about me because I'm not a really, I tend to be pretty judgmental in life and think I've got it all figured out (laughs) and I don't. And mother, mother teaches me that every day. So as a doctor giving advice, um, I can also say, yeah, you know, my kids are not perfect either. So I think that's a pretty great way to practice. And that's beautiful. I love that. So one of my favorite sort of like weird memories stick in my head. It's just a product of having a sieve for a brain. I guess the big stuff, <laughs> the chunks stay. But one of the, I can't remember how long ago this was, but you were telling me like one of your favorite things about pediatrics and it was like a silly thing, but you were like when people come in with like, oh, like a boil or a oh. splinter or like <laughs> yes. a thing to get out. And that tickled me because like my youngest is always when he sees like something gross, he goes, can I touch it? Awesome. <laughs> if it's like a scab or like a, a thing, he's like, can I touch it? I'm like, yes. Man after my Ew. own heart. Yeah. Right? <laughs> <laughs> yes. That is, um, we don't get to do a lot of procedures in pediatrics. The yeah. adults and the surgeons, of course, get to do a lot more things. And so when something comes in like a big earwax removal or oh, a boil yeah. to pop. Yeah, we do get kind of excited about those. It's kind of a highlight. <laughs> so all those people and we like, know we're giving the patient a lot of relief. It's not just yeah. for our own gratification. Right. Well, and the, uh, like, but there's like a huge um, population of people who are really excited about that. Like, there's yes. like video, TV channel, like Dr. Pimple Popper, like, <laughs> <laughs> which my sisters will send me clips. I'm like, gross. Ooh, I can't Ooh, stop watching. yeah. It's like a train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome <laughs> so I love that even just like the smallest things like bring you joy in your practice like I can find like and it's beautiful it is like I mean to see a 
a kid either have relief or go, oh, that's a really cool thing that just happened to my body. Yeah. I didn't know it was possible. <laughs> and I love that. Like, I, so I have kids who, um, my middle guy, Judah, um, had more visits to the ER than he was years old mm. at one point. Like, we thought he swallowed a tack. He, I thought he <laughs> broke his hand. He broke his thumb. Like, he lacerated something. I don't remember. But I was like, yep. this kid, he's going to give me a run for my money. And I'm using all of my first aid skills with him at all times. Like, I'm like, mm, no, let's just splint that. We <laughs> Perfect. Exactly. We're like, I went into the, uh, to the ER with something, and I had, like, splinted his hand. And the nurse was like, who did this? I'm like, me. Great pain. job. Love it. They're like, wow. I think it's a dislocated elbow, but this splint is beautiful. <laughs> Gorgeous. And it was. It was a dislocated elbow for Judah because he's a wild monkey. So what do you feel like is, um, for you, the hardest part of, like, growing your boys? Because I've seen you kind of in the soup with them. Like, hmm. things are happening, and we got, without, like, revealing too much of their privacy. Um, like, the hardest thing for you has been with which of your kids, and it, not specifically, you don't have to tell me who it is. Sure. They grow up and hear this like, <laughs> Mom! No, they know. Um, so I will say, coming from a family of girls, boys was a really big transition, a huge learning curve for me from day one, like um, two-year-old Jackson jumping off the back of the couch. I didn't know why would a child would want to do that. Um, I kept asking him to color and sit down, and he wanted to break the crayons and throw them. So <laughs> I had to learn, um, this is what boys do. They have this pent-up energy, you know, and they need to utilize it somewhere. And if they don't use utilize it, they're going to act out. So yeah. I had to really rethink how I parented them um, early on. Um, fast forward to, you know, a few years later, um, we had a really, really difficult year. I just processed this yesterday with my middle son um, and um, uh, with some anxiety. And he's sort of an anxious kid. Yeah. I'm an anxious person. Uh, we sort of feed off of each other. Yeah. We were going through this life transition um this being the building of your house building the house the wilds living in an rv and then living in a <laughs> living in a rental home and then having a really difficult teacher at school it was a heavy heavy year and michael and i were both pretty stressed and didn't have a lot of time to emotionally give the kids um and uh he had a really hard time with that um, yeah. so and parker wouldn't mind me saying so we, we've talked about it a lot of times um so all that to say uh that was Probably the most stressful time for us, not just what was going on in our lives, but not being able to, to give him what he needed or figure out what he needed. There was a lot of acting out and yeah. the, um, the verbal outburst and, and then becoming physical outburst, not anything you know, terrible, just normal stuff, but right. again, boys and, and being physical Hitting and, and, wrestling and all trying things. to ask about the emotions and not getting answers because he doesn't think in emotions, he thinks in physical and, and, you know, right. um, and so now, you know, two years later, he's able to process some of that. And it's been a beautiful thing. God has grown in his heart Good. tremendously, but I didn't know what was happening to him at that time. And it was a really hard, like, prayer <laughs> on my knees every day trying yeah. to understand yeah <clears throat> I feel like I'm like that for like my kids in segments like you get an intense and then you get some intense and you get some intense prayer like mm -hmm. I don't know what I'm doing mm -hmm. <laughs> all I can do is keep like asking and reading and thinking and praying and 
and trying and asking for help. And I think, like, I don't know if it's just a societal thing, but um, we're really kind of on our own in mm-hmm. a lot of parenting. Like, if I'm like, I was a stay-at-home mom for ten years. I'm just, I just finished ten oh. years. Of being alone with my children. And I'm like, I just need another adult to talk to. And it was just like, I mean, we had had like resources and I had like a mom's group and I had all these things where sometimes I went, even if it would have been better for us to stay home and like clean the house or like get something done. I went because I needed to talk to other people and have connection with other people. And so I chose mental health over like, my husband coming home and going, what on earth? It's like a bomb went off in here. <laughs> like a tornado whipped through the house. I'm like, yeah, I'm just going to ignore that because I'm not like screaming and yell and like so mad at my kids who are little, who are just trying to do their best and figure out and connect with me and be like, mom, I don't understand why you're mad. It's just <laughs> shoes and blocks all over the floor. Right. So I, I totally get that. It's like, oh. I just want to be present and here, and mm-hmm. I love that. Yeah. Yeah, so talk to me about, I mean, I love the, it's funny that you say that you're an anxious person because the outside, when I see you, I mean, I'm like, man, Leanne has some, it together. <laughs> I look like, I feel like I walk, would would walk into our church as like the, the Evans family has arrived <laughs> and we are in a, like a walking tornado of noise and my daughter's like dancing to the worship music and I'm like oh god and the boys are wrestling and having like a mini fist fight over like a Lego and I'm like oh my gosh you guys I, I'm sorry I'm here I'm here I'm here <laughs> yep yep I've had uh, some of those moments believe it or not <laughs> yeah but I think that like it always seemed to me that you were not rattled by that stuff. Whereas I was like, oh my God, everybody's going to think I'm such a terrible mom. You know, those terrible self-judging thoughts that I think, well, I'm pretty sure everybody has, but it just didn't seem like to me on when I was in the soup of having probably three under five Mm. or yeah, Cora was four. No, she had just turned five when the third one was born. Mm -hmm. I can't remember. It's a soup. It's a blur. <laughs> I can't remember. She's born in 08. He was born in 2013. So five. Yes. Yep. Um. Yeah. It just seemed like I could not like even like get dressed <laughs> and get out the door, and I would show up places. And um, one of the one of the pastors at our church, like I showed up and I was like barely there. I was clean. Everybody was clean. And he was like, "What's with this soccer mom outfit?" And I was like, "Listen." <laughs> I'm going to throttle you. Like, how dare I gra- I dragged my butt here solo. Don't you these dare three kids. tell Don't me. Don't you dare judge this polo I'm wearing that was the only thing I had played. Seriously. Like, <laughs> don't, don't tease me about my appearance on a day. Like, I like went home and cried. I was like, like, do you know oh, what I went through this morning? Mom. <laughs> oh, my goodness. That's crazy. <laughs> uh, well, so... Two things. First of all, I am really good at that facade of control because yeah. I'm a control person, but that's what makes me anxious. Okay. So, um, yeah, I might look like everything's cool on the outside. I have spent many a Sunday like shaking in my boots, embarrassed of 
something my kids, some noise they're making or, you know, trying to tell them to hush or elbowing them, trying to get them to pay attention instead of, <laughs> and they're, they fight quietly, but they fight in the seats a lot. Right. Yeah. Um, or, you know, we had a bad morning and Parker wants to pout the whole time and look at the floor instead of reading the, the words or listening or singing. Um, so definitely happens. Mm-hmm. Um, at probably more Sundays than not, to be honest, there's something going on. Um, secondarily though, I will say I'm a lot better than I used to be. I used to just fly off to anger and, um, get really over the top with my emotions, um, many years ago, um, before I did some counseling, some, some Mm -hmm. therapy. So the anxiety part of my momming, um, was really getting in the way. So I was still felt really great at my job, but I would come home and just lay it out on all the kids and Michael and Mm -hmm. things were not. Um, good at home. So I decided that was my impetus that I needed to work on my, um, my anxiety and work on my anger. And a lot of that was just, it was fear, um, and control. And, um, again, my personality, it's kind of where I come from. Um, and that's how I do well in other areas of my life, but it was not doing well in my, uh, loving on little kids. So, um, I have learned some tools, um, prayer being number one (laughs) and letting it go. And you know, what's the worst that can actually happen from this situation right here? So what Parker pouts, he looks down at the floor, he's in the service and I just have to let that go. You know, not saying I'm really good at it every week, but, um, when they're acting crazy and running around after church and I'm embarrassed, just being like, well, you know, their kids, I would ask them to be a little more respectful later on, but I'm not going to yell at them in front of their friends and, um, and what good does that do right in this moment? So, um, I I will say I've, I've grown, I'm not perfect, but I definitely still have those moments internally, even though I don't look like it on the outside. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and I think that's just as I have grown as a, up as a human and was given the wisdom, like, when we compare our insides to everybody else's outsides, mm. we always come up short mm-hmm. because we can't see what's going on with other people. And so... Hello, social media. I know, right? <laughs> like, that is so fake. Yes. And I, <laughs> I'm the one who's like, let me just post, like, a real post about, like, this laundry pile. Yeah. I'm, like, <laughs> I'm like, real talk, this is my laundry mountain. Right. Like, there, I'm show, I'm not showing you the shiny corners. And I, I do like to take, like, sweet snapshots of like our life because there is that good in there too mm-hmm. but I don't want to present this facade that I've got it together because I really don't mm-hmm. <laughs> I really don't like even yesterday I started a new job oh like a like a real job outside my house exciting where, where people pay me besides the <laughs> job that I still am doing at the house which is like 12 hours a day that yep job. um and I was like, I was so anxious because I was like, what if I get this wrong? What if I mess up? Like, mm. I still carry around this like deep anxiety that I'm going to mess up. Mm-hmm. Parenting, work, life, my marriage, the car, like mm-hmm. <laughs> pretty much like <gasps> this podcast, like the technology. I'm like, I don't know what I'm doing. It's, <laughs> it's not working. There's an echo. I don't know. <laughs> um, but I think just that, that deep place of like we when we compare ourselves to someone else's outside mm-hmm. it looks like they got it together yeah <laughs> it's not, it does yeah and I would say the same of like 90% of the parents I see externally like you you look like you got it figured out and mm-hmm. then you have a good conversation and you're like oh you're just as freaked out about this whole thing of raising humans as me okay good good, <laughs> good to know 
Yes, we are all in this together. Yeah. And I think that's so good. And it's it's such a good realization for, like, everybody. Like, mm-hmm. nobody has this figured out. And I don't know. We don't let our kids use social media. And I, I'm anxious about my oldest girl who's 10 going, Mom, it's time for me to have a phone. I'm like, no, it's not. Really. Heck no. Mm-hmm. No, you, you get a phone when you're 16 and have to drive somewhere without mm-hmm. me. Um but just like there's already so much social pressure on her without adding additional social pressure where she feels like everybody's got it figured out but her. And I'm like, it's a lie. Mm, it <laughs> it's completely a lie. is. Yes, you're right. And and you're right to withhold social media. All of the stuff just to put on my pediatrician hat for a minute. I mean yeah. the the um this the uh, evidence that we're seeing very, very strongly um against girls on social media. It's just really really weighing heavily on them the um, anxiety and depression rates have tripled just in the past five years suicidal attempts through the roof on on girls Mm. and it's happening with boys as well but girls to a different degree uh, because they're already like you said they're already feeling that pressure just with their friends and then it's magnified on social media and it's in their pocket when they go home and they see all the parties they didn't get invited to and etc etc it just makes yeah. that girl drama 10 times worse. And so, it's already bad. And I, they already know about the parties they did. Yeah. But then they see videos of it and they're like, I wasn't there and I'm a social pariah. Yep. So that, w- wisdom in, in keeping her away from that as long as possible, I think. Um, yeah. Right there uh, with, yeah. <laughs> a mom asked me there, they're having this like, you know, how to manage screen time for children. And um, she was like, are you going to this? I'm like, I think we probably err on the side of like being too strict <laughs> like <laughs> there are no screens at our house like on the weekends we can watch tv mm-hmm. and like because they don't have to but like um part of their schoolwork is um this little online like Khan academy or right. ixl so they have to go on there for like 15 minutes and um and even that i feel like is too much because so many of the things they do in school are on screens too you're right. So they're they're watching screens all the time. They're not outside as much. And I'm like, forget this. We're going to go live in the country and homeschool. And y'all are <laughs> going to run laps and like raise horses. And like, we're just going to live in that. <laughs> but that's not real. That's my extreme nature, which is like, let me swing to the very other side of that right. pendulum. And like, we're going to go <laughs> like be hermits <laughs> in the woods, which I would shrivel up and die. And you can't run from culture. It's going right. to, you know, whether they learn it when they're under your roof or when they're in college, they're going to pick up a smartphone. It's going to happen. Right. So I think managing that is, everyone's different, but um, but yeah, I agree. We're pretty restrictive around here too, but Jackson's 13 and he is literally the only one who doesn't have an actual phone. We have a flip yeah. phone for him. Um, and he uses an oh, iPod Touch at home. Yeah. <laughs> I'm mm-hmm. a flip phone. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I'm like, here, this will someday be yours. And I slid over my little <laughs> flip phone to my daughter, and she was like, what? Like, what like, is this thing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's ancient. So he can communicate with us, um, and then he can text us from his iPod Touch when he's at home. But um, even then, we've got screen time limits on it. And when it times out, it turns off, and that's it. So, yeah. um, but I think it is also wise for them to have some slips and falls and accidentally get on a, an adult site when they're under your roof so that you can talk about it uh, yeah. rather than waiting till they're 18 and then they go to all the adult sites and yeah. things that they've been missing out on all these years. So um, it's a really difficult balance. Uh, but I'm, I, I think later is always better. Um, but 
not forever. <laughs> <laughs> At some point, you know, Jackson's going to be in high school next year, so we yeah. have to start what? thinking some of these things. Yeah. That is unreal. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's so crazy to think about. I know. And it's 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 so good. I, I was there's a, a, a an author I, I've been reading, and um, he talks about the second door, like door number two. Mm. Like if you make something so forbidden and so mm. off limits that it becomes like this. That's the thing. Yes. Yeah. And I mean, just like a small example, growing up, um, sugar was not anything we had at our house it was off limits mm. and because what for good reason like my my parents both struggled with like good eating habits and so they were like we're just not going to have that and so we weren't allowed to eat it and they like but they would like sneakily we knew they were doing it like eat ice cream at night after all the kids went to oh bed. no I was like, come on <laughs> they would like talk about it in like the other eight languages they spoke and we're like we know the word for ice cream <laughs> ice cream eight languages <laughs> we know what you're saying and so it became like this door number two for me where I was like, okay, I can get a serious hit off the sugar. Heck yeah. And I love it. They would throw away our Halloween candy in the garbage. <gasps> I would eat it out of the garbage. Oh my gosh. Like it was still in a wrapper. Like this yeah. is fine. Like, but. Forbidden fruit. It became this forbidden thing. And mm. then when I was an adult and had free access to however much I wanted, mm-hmm. I didn't know how to regulate that. Mm-hmm. And it still is a struggle for me to like. So now I'm like, okay, I don't want to have none of this in the house because the kids need to learn how to regulate. Like, does your tummy hurt? Well, you probably ate too much of that. Like, <laughs> right. Make like, some connections here. Right. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's think about that. Like, I'm not going to forbid you. Um, and even, like, my oldest was like, well, you sometimes let us have Coke. I'm like, very rare. Like, <laughs> but I'm not going to make it this, like, I'm not going to make it, like, a treat. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to make it, like, this is what we do to celebrate. We eat things so you have this like food connection with like good memories so mm-hmm. like we have cake and that's fine but we don't have to like binge and eat it all <laughs> so I'm trying to not make it like this door number two for them but it's so hard like that's the things that I trip over and you know what they'll probably have different things they trip over they will yeah yeah we're like I can't foresee all this you're I'm gonna have to set up a <laughs> <laughs> therapy fun. They have to have something to talk about in therapy. Right, so yeah, exactly. give them some fodder. It's all right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I do want to say, I just want to thank you for opening up your beautiful house, which I finally get to see. I missed your, your housewarming party. I think we were somewhere. I think we're out of town. Um, and I finally get to see it and like see all this beautiful work because you and Michael like designed this from the ground up. Mostly Michael, but yes. Oh, yeah. But you put your... <laughs> Your two bits in there, I'm I did. sure, because yeah. you have strong opinions about. I have what strong you opinions. Like. I do. <laughs> Michael has stronger opinions sometimes. So <laughs> we go at it, um, but go. yes, it, this was a labor of love. Absolutely, a lot, a lot of blood, sweat, and tears in this place. Yeah. We're very grateful. Thank mm. you so much for having me out here and letting yes. us talk. And and there's just so much good, like good conversation to be had with other people who are in the the mix with you and re- recognizing that like we are all trying to figure it out, even if. Like, you look mm-hmm. like you got it together, or people think, they're like, Rihanna, you're such a good mom. I'm like, ha ha, that's my children, if that's true. <laughs> little <laughs> like, do you know. Little do, so ask who I yelled at this morning. Uh-huh. They're, they're, let's go that way. If we had a big old, where my daughter was like, drippy, droppy tears. Oh. I, I was like, one more freak out. One more freak out. Like, as I yell, y'all quit freaking <laughs> <Right>. out. <laughs> Get it under control. I know. <laughs> so true. 
thank you much, so much for having me out and thanks for the conversation. And um, yeah, I look forward to coming back out for a different reason. Just Absolutely. Yeah. Another time. Okay. You're welcome. Thanks. So thank you to Dr. Lee Ann Lund. And thank you to all of you listeners out there for tuning in. And if you have a person local in Nashville that you would like to hear on the podcast, even if that's you, you can email me at podcast at gmail.com. And the website is up and running now. You can find me at icumamapodcast.com. Until next time, I see you. Grace, friends. Grace to you in this good and beautiful work of growing souls and keeping your own intact. Until next time, bye.